0: Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. I'm Michelle Bowler. I'm an army wife of over eight years, a mom of four little girls, and a huge believer that being a supportive military or first responder loved one is way easier when you connect with the community. In addition to sharing some of my own insights and journey, I have set out to interview Waiting Warriors around the world so we can all learn together from their triumphs and their struggles. Together, we can do so much more than just survive. We can thrive, and that is what being a Waiting Warrior is all about. Hey, Waiting Warriors, welcome to another week on the Waiting Warriors podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Buller, and this week we are welcoming back a guest. Welcome back to the show, Lynn Lee. Thank you so
1: much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be here.
0: I'm excited to have you because if you remember Jolie's intro last time, she's a mom, a stay-at-home mom of five. The last two are teenagers, so she has grown military kids. But what's interesting is three of her olders, olders. <laughs> older not, kids, that's old, what we say. I know. That's what we say, too. Like, oh, there's the older girls, and then there's the baby. The youngers.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but three of her older kids are still affiliated with the military. So I was really excited when she said she'd be willing to talk to us this month during the month of the military child, because um, I know I've mentioned before on d- various episodes that like, there is this real fear in me and other military spouses that I know that this life and, and, and not just being in the military, but like what being a military child means, the PCSs, the saying goodbye to friends, the saying goodbye to their one parent all the time, or two parents if you're dual. Right. Like so many, it's almost like they're constantly in a transition. I
1: was thinking that, that they live a life that's constantly in flux and it's very unpredictable.
0: Yeah, but you have five kids and three who have clearly not been ruined by it and not been ruined by it to the extent of they feel comfortable continuing that life, which I think, um, you know, means we have, we can learn a lot. Obviously something happened. So
1: what it means is that you're not ruining your kids'
0: lives. (laughs) well, (laughs) Okay, so we're we're just gonna jump. Well, okay, real fast. If Go you didn't hear, if you didn't hear Jolyn's episode, let's give her a a proper proper intro. So she has the five kids. Um, she's a caretaker of her grandma. Husband has been um, thirty years retired marine, working as a military contractor now. So that's Jolyn. You know, sm- <laughs> small part of Jolyn. But kind of, kind of back to what you were saying though, like military life isn't going to ruin your kids where I, cause my husband says the same thing, right? Like he's like, no, like it's just not, you see so many things, but then not in a judgmental way, but just in an observational way, I do see military life um, negatively impacting some kids' life. Sure. We, we are in a neighborhood where I can see how um, a close friend, their kids are struggling and they don't, as a family, don't have coping skills and don't, I, I don't even know everything that they do or do not do, obviously, because I'm not all knowing and all seeing, but I have guesses, but those are just guesses. So, how do you? How do, how can we um, kind of balance that and be proactive so that way, again, I don't, I don't want to like, I don't want to make anybody feel bad because I know. It's very easy. Yeah.
1: It's very easy when you feel like you're struggling and when you feel like your family is struggling to mentally isolate and think that you are the only one yeah, or that you're doing it wrong. I mean, let's be real. We're all our own worst critic. Um, I think especially when it comes to relational issues, we can we can be our own worst critic. So um, I think one thing that's helpful to keep in mind is all families struggle at some point in time, yeah, multiple times throughout their, you know, family journey. So it's not uncommon, and it is not necessarily, a derivative of being a military family
2: okay. because
1: all families have transition. I mean, my dad wasn't in the military. He was in college athletics and I moved every two years, my entire life until I married wow. the Marine Corps. Right. So if you had looked at my transcript, you'd have been like, oh, that's a military kid. And I wasn't, Yeah. and I thought, I thought all that transition prepared me for military life and it, it was just completely different. It was just a completely different transition. So. Um, I think that's really important to remember is, you know, you're not alone. (laughs) Doesn't mean you're failing just because you're having a rocky moment. It just means you're having a moment and you keep moving forward. Yeah. That's all families need to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good reminder that every family um, situation has its pros and cons Mm -hmm. because Austin and I have talked to to each other. Wow, that was really hard to say. Austin and I have talked to each other about how, you know, every job is going to come with pros and cons. It just depends mm-hmm. on what cons we want to figure out. You know, because right. the, the pros we just get to enjoy, but the cons are what you have to figure out and and um, really pull your family through.
1: Right. All dynamics have their stressors and their negatives. Yeah. You know, um, my husband grew up in the same town his entire life, which before joining the Marine Corps. That
2: was me. Yeah.
1: Um, and I, I thought I was envious of that. I was like, oh man, I wish I would have had that experience. Right. But in some ways that's tough because, um, me moving, I got to reinvent myself every two years. You know, if I didn't, if I didn't like the peer group that I was with, or I didn't like my school environment, well, that's okay. It was only going to last for a season because eventually we were going to move again anyway. Right. You know, so I got to then look forward to those new experiences, even though it was hard, I'm not minimizing the transition or the heartache that came with it. Um, but it was still an opportunity to explore new things, new people, um, you know, new, new environments. And if there was something negative going on in that environment that I was leaving, I was able to genuinely step away and leave it behind. That's something that I've always told my kids, you know, I know it's hard, especially when they were in high school. It was very hard to move in high school, not minimizing that in any way, shape or form. Yet at the same time, um, they have this like Rolodex of people that they have stayed in touch with throughout the years that are all over the place. Yeah. So it, it's kind of cool. It's really. I feel like it is really how you as the adult present things and um, how you carry yourself. And that doesn't mean that you you put on a facade and you pretend and you go, "Oh, everything's wonderful. It's all perfect. I never cry. I'm <laughs> always
2: happy to move. Yeehaw. We're doing it again." Yeah.
1: I think you can be honest with your kids, both with your own frustrations and and heartaches, but also you exemplify that resilience and you exemplify the attitude that you want them to adopt,
0: Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So how did you do that for your kids?
1: (laughs) They should be on here. Not me. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you should do. Like here's, here's Now here's the real story. (laughs) And how did I, how did I do that with my kids? Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes I did a really good job and other times I didn't, I had those moments where I would go into my closet, which was at one point, um, we had a house where the closet was in the master bedroom, in, in the master bathroom. So you would go into the, I would go into the bedroom, lock the door, go into the bathroom, lock the door, then go into the closet and cry. Right. (laughs) Because of, of whatever. But I was like, there's three doors between us. So it's all good. I can cry. Um, I tried to be really transparent with my kids. Um, that, that just worked for our family um, dynamic. You know, every family dynamic is different, but I tried to be really transparent and just really communicate with them a lot. I might've been an over communicator to some degree. Um, we had what we called.
0: that. What makes you think that you were an over communicator? Just curious. Oh.
1: Because sometimes they're just like, oh my gosh, here mom wants to talk again.
0: <laughs> Especially my son, he's like, she's gonna ask
1: me about my feelings, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. But we would, we we had what we called the talking table, and it was our dining room table. And I'd be like, hey guys, let's gather in, and they're like, oh, time for a family talk. And to, we still do that. Yeah, like we do that with the two that are still in the house. And ironically enough, when we get together as a family, like we will still end up gathering around the table and it's like the talking table and what's really funny is um in the last two years two years ago when we moved into the house that we're in now we decided to get rid of that table that my husband and i had always had since we got married because i mean let's be real 30 years in the marine corps it was beat to death you know just hammered right um and the kids were super tragic about it they were like oh you're gonna get rid of the talking table like My handwriting's, you know, pushed into that table and this is where I spilt the fingernail polish and like all their memories that were associated with it. They were kind of upset and I was like, guys, it's not very, it's not a pretty table anymore, but (laughs) that it kind of just was a symbol of all the discussions that we had had through the years, good and bad, you know, positive and, and discussing how to navigate those negative moments as well. And I had to learn their languages, you know? I had to learn their language of communication, whether it was written or, you know, nowadays texting. Like I have a child who is all about the bullet points. Don't give me the narrative format, just give me the bullet points and let's just get to it. I have one who um, I have to take her to lunch. I have to take her out to a meal. And when I do that, she'll spill her guts and talk her head off. Mm -hmm. You know, but I you got to find what works within your family, and what works for each kid because they're so different. Yeah, and that takes um, that takes being very intentional, mm-hmm. and and I think that's the hardest thing to do as parents, um, especially busy military parents,
2: mm-hmm.
1: to slow down and learn to um, listen. And to speak your kids' language, yeah. so that you're not just talking, but you're really communicating.
0: Yeah, because it does. It takes it's like some painful growth sometimes to do mm-hmm. that. Because, oh yeah, like we've had my our. I mean, our kids are way young, but one of our first separations. With kids that were, you know, somewhat old enough to react, our oldest was. Oh, I forget. I think she she was either like three and a half or four and a mm-hmm. half that summer. And she, it was it was really hard because the first few weeks of him being gone, he was on. I don't know if it was a like a Tdy or. He was gone for like the whole summer, whatever the order said, I don't remember, but, um, it blurs together after a while. Well, and that, that was like a, one of the dark, the dark ages for me. So we, we've blurred a few things out, but, um, she, it was really, really hard for me, especially to watch that my husband would FaceTime or call our family. And so I, at the time we had three little girls and she's the oldest, she had to been four and a half. Um, so I had a four and a half and then like a two, she would have been three and then a one year old. And I'm like, it's dad, like we should be so excited that he is there and she would just get so mad and refused to talk to him. So my heart broke. I know it hurt his feelings a little bit. He was like more understanding because he had chaplain training that, you know, you don't pressure the kid into anything. Right. Different. And don't take it personal. Yeah, yeah. So he he knew that, but like I was watching this and but also having like I had to experience it differently than he did because I'm now in the house with a super angry four and a half years, which can be very not fun sometimes. Sure. So it took, but it took a few weeks for us to think, okay, maybe she needs to have a different, maybe she needs like a different form of communication, like what you were saying, and it took a few different, trying different things, which Mm -hmm. takes work and takes a lot of thought and, um, but also like a lot of emotional, mental energy on that we feel
1: like we don't always have but we've got to dig deep
0: and find yeah you it's like scraping the bottom of the barrel yeah and then finally I think it was like the third or fourth thing that we tried we we realized like she just wants even four and a half years old which like was so funny to watch she just wanted to have the phone up against her face she didn't want to facetime but she just wanted to be able to walk around the house and have daddy all to herself but which we had tried with facetime but that didn't work like it was it was very specific for her and it just has been it's just so interesting because that's still her thing she doesn't she doesn't want, I mean, she won't run away anymore. When it's... But that's, that's her prefer, yeah. preferred
1: mode of communication.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's... When we all have that sweet
1: spot that where it really works with us and it really gels, you know, and, and when we communicate like that, we're like, yes. You know, yes. we feel, we feel loved, we feel secure, we feel validated, we feel all the good stuff and there's no mm-hmm. frustration. And it's finding that, and that can be the hard thing.
0: Yeah. which And it changes. <laughs> yeah. Which is like the hard part, because especially I think with young kids, I think it's important to remember that like, you're one, not alone in this. We're all like, we are all scraping the barrel. It's not mm-hmm. like these are magically coming to us. Um, So it's all a work in progress. It's it's all a learning journey, you know? Which is so hard though. Like, why can't can't it just be like a little bit easier? Just
1: right. And can't they all just do it the same way? So I don't have to keep figuring it out. And why does it have to change as they get older and they go through different phases?
0: Because it's life and we change. Yeah. When you say it like that, then it makes makes sense. sense. But, but but in the heat of the moment, we
1: don't slow down and think like that. We're just very emotional and we think things that are very, um, oh, finite, you know, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: we're never going to be okay. I'm ruining my kid's life forever. Um, you know, all these, these really powerful words that. If we removed them from our our language and we removed them from our thought processes, it would change the picture. It would change our perspective. No, it's not going to be like this forever. No, you know, I'm not screwing my kid up forever.
0: Yeah. It's just a phase.
1: It's just a moment. Yeah. I would always say to my kids, okay, so this is a speed bump. This is a speed bump. Yeah. It's gonna be all right. Yeah. That's a good way.
0: That's a good way to think of it because I think of my experience with speed bumps and there have been some times where I didn't see them coming.
1: Right? And they rocked <laughs>
0: your world. <laughs> Whoa. And growing yeah. up, I'm I'm one of eight kids. So we I learned to drive a 15 passenger van. Like those like right. big a bus that, like yeah, like a big giant bus. And I can like still feel in my body the first time I didn't see a speed bump. And we literally flew because it was a big car. So it's not like we like, oh, we scraped this. Right. No, we just, we took off. <laughs> you caught air. <laughs> yeah. I wish there was like a video to see what actually happened. Because it maybe wasn't as dramatic, but it felt, it felt very dramatic, which I guess is another good. So, so. My youngest son um,
1: was into dirt bike racing, right?
2: Uh-huh.
1: And so on the dirt on the dirt bike track, they have this one section called the whoop-de-doos. And it's, yeah. it's like this, right? Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. Right.
1: So if you catch them the right way at the right speed, you like hit it and you'll sail over a couple and then you'll land right. And then you'll catch air and you'll land right. But if you don't, hit it right at the right speed. You're like, ba-bump, 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 mm-hmm. right? That's what we do.
2: Yeah.
1: Sometimes we hit our whoop-de-doos and we hit them right and we just launch and it's, it's clear sailing. And other times we're like, my timing's off, my speed yeah. was off, and I'm just going to have to ride my way through
0: this. I love that they're called whoop-de-doos. I <laughs> <laughs> right you're like oh, here we go <laughs> it like that makes the perfect metaphor for life because like, right. we too okay like, everybody hang on that was that was a ride and we're just gonna well okay, but here's the thing because I was gonna say like we're just gonna pray that we hit it right but did you find and that there's a there, lot to be I learned was, in yeah yeah what so what, that's that for you. So that's another
1: thing that um, I feel like we have learned over time. And it's so funny because my kids will tell you how Jeff and I parent the younger two now. Mm-hmm. It's so different than how we parented those older three. Yeah, And so I, I always tell them, I want you to parent like you see us parenting now because you guys were our trial
0: run, just saying. <laughs>
1: um, so I kind of encourage that because I just think that, um, well, I mean, we're older. We're more mature, and the things that rocked our world then don't rock our world now. We we recognize that we don't have to win every battle, and some things really are just small. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that we have told the kids is, you learn from the highs and the lows. You know, there are lessons to be pulled from the wins and the losses, and you just have to be open to them and to look for them, and there's growth in that.
0: Um, one question I had when you were talking is, what what are things like specific lessons that you learned? You know what I mean? Because like you said, like you parent differently now than you did before. Oh, huh, specific- some of the specific things. And I know for every family, it's going to be different. But I like to hear everybody's everybody's different because then I can, you know, we can all pick and choose what feels. And we can try things and then try other things and, you know, more options. Right. Better.
1: No, I'm, I'm tracking. Um, so some things that have been consistent in our family dynamics across the board are, um, we always, we, we have always said within our family, you have to choose, you choose your attitude, you choose to love, um, you choose to engage or you choose not to,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: And, and so that was something that we stressed from the ground up, choose, choose your words, choose to speak words that build people up, not to tear people down, Mm -hmm. particularly in our own family, because a lot of times um, we'll give our best to everybody else. And then we'll give the leftovers to the people in our house. Yeah. And, and that's kind of backwards. Yeah. You know, but we just assume that the people within our four walls are going to offer more grace and they typically do. But that doesn't mean that they deserve our leftovers, yeah.
2: you know. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, they deserve the grace and the consideration and, and the kindness that we would give to outsiders because um, we're teaching each other within our family dynamic, mm-hmm. and so that's really a valuable thing. Um, making memories, you know, that's all. And I learned that from my dad and my grandma and um, my stepmom always to make memories make memories make memories and and when i say make memories it doesn't have to be like the big trip or you know just the holiday the little everyday moments can can be memory making mm-hmm. um uh, my daughter my oldest daughter the entire month of february her kids love february because all through february she puts hearts one heart a day on their door with a little like pick me up, encouraging message. That's just yeah. what they do in February. But that's something that like she learned through the years. So that's a memory that they have that they're probably going to hold on to and pass on. For us, you find your own family traditions. For us, it was the talking table. And to this day, as I told you, my adult kids gather around the table. And that's something that they do with their yeah. kids now. They like sit around and have these family talks. Yeah. So. You you have to find what works for your family and what gels, and then be very intentional about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we can be so intentional about our exercise. We can be intentional about our job performance. We can be intentional about, you know, our communication with our peers and our coworkers and our volunteer community. Are we intentional about our communication with our kids? And yeah. do we, are we intentional to listen to them? with the same consideration and attention and respect that we give outside people because they want to, they want to be heard too. Yeah. i have I have really kind of clued into that. Um, my grandma is 94. She has Alzheimer's. Um, so one of her nurses calls it soul speak.
0: Hmm.
1: My grandma's words aren't clear. You know, she'll, She'll say, I need more Christmas. I need more Christmas. She means ice. She wants more ice in her drink, but she, does, she doesn't She does have the word for ice anymore, but she remembers at Christmas that it's cold because oh. she's from Kentucky, right? So it's like I have deciphered her language and I know what she's saying, even though it may sound like total gibberish to somebody else. And one of her nurses said to me, that's soul speak. That's when you're so intimately connected with someone else that you understand what their soul is saying to you. Yeah. But that takes time, effort, and energy. Mm-hmm. Do we, do we offer that time, effort, and energy within our family dynamics? And and this is another phrase that like my kids, they're like, we have these key phrases that have gone through our family, our little family mantras, um, where your time, effort, and energy goes, that's where your heart will go. hmm so when you put your time, effort, and energy into being relational with the people in your house, well, your love for them is just going to, it's just going to overflow.
0: Yeah. I love the way you say that because you said when you put it into being relationable, not, mm-hmm. you know, as as you were talking, I was thinking about how, and this is not to like bag Pinterest or Instagram lord knows i love social media and i think there's a beautiful wonderful place for it and amazing things that can help and benefit people but as you were talking about like the ways we be intentional it's like so often i know i even fall into the trap of like oh well what should i do for my kids well let's look at you know the pretty things and and that's what i'm drawn to and that's right what captures my attention initially is because oh that looks so cute and that's not to say any of those ideas are bad because I was just looking at it and at that lens but what if we look at it in the lens of like what you're talking about of I don't want my kid's life to be cute
2: I ah want my that's good
0: life to be fulfilling and full of love and full of relation. Like I want them to have a relationship with me. Mm -hmm. So I love that you use that words of like, am I willing to be relationable? Because I think that, that, that word just changes what our intention will our intentional thoughts and and our, right. our research and you know searching for-
1: just, a lot the- of times we yeah. think that relationships should just come naturally, right? That it yeah. should come easy. Yeah. There and if it doesn't easy, come easy, that. then it must be broken, or I, there's something wrong with it, or maybe I don't even need it. But that's inaccurate because I mean, there's a reason why there's that old saying that anything worth having, you know, is worth working for. Yeah. Right. Well. My family is worth working for. My relationship with my spouse is worth working for. My relationship with my kids is worth working for. Yeah, um, and it sometimes it doesn't come easy, but that's okay. Yeah, that's okay.
0: Well, yeah, and because because I have I've heard that quote. I've said that quote. Like it takes work, but mm-hmm. I I like that you say like it's not supposed to. Like
1: I think we just have a real misconception. Yeah. When it comes to relationships and maybe even parenting, yeah, yeah, right? That we're like, oh, you know, parenting should be a piece of cake.
0: Yeah. Seriously?
1: <laughs> like sometimes my cakes come out really bad and they fall, <laughs> right? I mean, just, and sometimes I don't watch the timer and they burn. <laughs> I mean, so not that every cake is perfect, perfect but that doesn't mean I quit baking. Yeah.
0: That's a really right? good Yeah. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to quit. Yeah. And I'm, I think I'm laughing so hard because I like, that's kind of where, if I'm honest, like that's where I've been with parenting. Cause like, I, like I said, I, I grew up in a huge family. I always wanted a huge family, but I also like, I babysat all the time and babysitting was so easy for me. Like it just, it just was. And I was like, oh, I am made to be a mother is, is I'm, what I, like, I, I'm I, laughing I because talk. it's a different ball game, right? Yeah. And now I'm like, I don't want to be in this house with these children. <laughs> Which I have, I texted my sister today multiple times. Like, I would really appreciate if I could have a hearing aid and turn down the volume. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> and, and I really, I, I hope that's not like disrespectful. No, it's not. well, like, like, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to be right. Oh, of the blessing of hearing my children, but, but that is like, that is a mantra that is actually written on my mirror of that. Sound is the future. And that, that is a beautiful noise. like er, Kind of like when we hear the jets and we hear the artillery and we're like,
1: oh, there's the sound of freedom, yeah. even though it's waking me up at two o'clock in the morning making my baby cry, right? We're like, oh, it's the sound of freedom, right? <laughs> That's yeah. the sound of the future. <laughs> but yeah. we don't always remember that. Yeah. But I, and I think, I think the other thing too is we forget that just as we have moments, so do our kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they do. Right? and they're supposed to, like, that's why, that's why they're here. They're here in this life to learn and grow and experience. But, but yet, like my natural instinct or reaction is this should be easy. I was, you know, I thought I was made for this, you know, the relationship, why does the relationship require so much? Why don't I just know, you know, like that's our gut reaction. But, but so two like things I said, like it's because we are it takes that emotional mental digging down that we just don't feel like we have, but it takes that grit almost to
1: So two things that I would say is I think parents put a lot of pressure on themselves to oh. think that they have to make their kids' world perfect. Yeah. That's not realistic. Our world is not perfect and life is not going to be perfect. So why in the world do we want to try and make everything perfect for our kids?
2: Mm -hmm. That's
1: setting us up for an unrealistic standard and that's setting them up for an unrealistic view. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to deal with the good and the bad, the highs and the lows. Um, One of the things that we always told our kids is I love you very much, but I don't want you to be happy every day. I want you to have joy no matter your circumstance, yeah, because your joy shouldn't be based in your circumstance or your situational, you know, environment, because that could change. You know, I'm happy when it's sunny and I don't favor cold weather, but I'm still going to be joyful in the moment. I'm still going to find the good in the moment. Right. Do do you see what I'm saying on the difference between happy and joyful? Yeah. I'm glad that you're happy that you love living where we're currently living because you've made friends, but we will find joy when we move. It just may take a while, Yeah, but it will come back. So let that be your underline. And they would get so mad at me. (laughs) Mom, mom, I love you. I love you, but guess what? You're not going to be happy every day at your job. But you yeah. better have some kind of underlying sense of stability that allows you to find joy no matter what.
2: Yeah. That's I love how
0: many times you've said like, you know, they probably thought I was over communicating and like you <laughs> mentioned the whining because I love it because it's like good parenting is not always going to be like this magical moment with your kids. And uh, like, right that we, we have you know, our oldest is just about to turn eight. So it's like, I'm I'm just, I'm super grateful that you're reminding me of that because that's what I want. Like, I want it to be this, you know, yes, it's touching their heart, but it, I love that, like, it's just encouraging because it, it reminds me I still need to. And it doesn't mean that it's not working just because they're rolling their eyes. Like,
1: you know, so, <laughs> sorry. Kentucky was a farming community, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's where we so are. So I have, I have a,
1: I have a lot of farming metaphors, and um, what it, one of the things that I tell the kids is, y- your harvest doesn't come over up overnight. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you 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 tend the field, you prep it, you plant the seed, then you you take care of it afterwards. You're weeding it, you're feeding it, you're watering it, right? And it Mm -hmm. takes a while for that harvest to come up, but that doesn't mean it's not coming. Yeah, You just haven't seen it yet. Well, the same thing applies sometimes in in the lessons that we're teaching our kids. We may not see them take root immediately, but that doesn't mean that that lesson isn't isn't being grounded in them. And that doesn't mean that they're not learning from that experience. Even if we don't see the positive out of it yet, it's coming you just keep you just keep tending you just keep watering you just keep you know working that soil and you just keep planting good stuff yeah and yeah. eventually it comes out
0: yeah i want to go back a little bit you you mentioned sure. um that our standards shouldn't be trying to create a perfect life for our kids which i 100% agree with you but i'm curious do you kind of what was your standard, you know, for your military kids of of the kind of life you were trying to help them live?
1: So we would always say to the kids um, before they walked out the door, remember who you are. You're elite. That's your last name. What does that mean? That means you tell the truth. Your word is your word. You're going to conduct yourself correctly. And you're going to be kind, right? Like that was just an underlying standard. Of Mm -hmm. You're going to honor that family name because that means something. So remember who you are. Remember where you come from, Mm -hmm. that we have humble beginnings, that your dad worked hard, that I have worked hard to get, you know, to wherever we are at. And hard work is is a value and it's a privilege. Um, And then for us, because we have a strong faith, we would say, and remember to whom you belong meaning that you belong to the lord so like that was just a constant that was our reminder before we would send them out before our son went into the marine corps we were like remember who you are remember where you come from and remember to whom you belong Mm -hmm. now adhere to that and you're going to be okay yeah yeah you know and I, i think every family once you kind of figure out um not Not like a mission statement, but maybe it is kind of like a mission yeah, statement. Yeah, no it is right? I mean, we create mission statements for everything else in the world. Why wouldn't we be intentional about having a mission statement for our family? We're raising yeah. little people here in a very crazy environment. so um it's kind of good to know what target you're aiming for, yeah,
2: so that you can
1: actually shoot for it. otherwise, you're shooting wild, right?
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: so our
2: maybe, aim- yeah
0: is. I mean, not the problem, but just if we ever feel like, or I guess just speaking from my experience, like whenever I feel like things are so chaotic when it comes to my parenting, it has, it's come down to, I don't know what I'm shooting for in in whatever facet of parenting we're in. And, And once we get that honed in. know then there's a lot of steps and levels to to finding that peace and that groundness but just knowing what we're shooting for changes so
1: parenting is not a passive job you know like you don't just hit cruise control and coast and I remember people saying oh you must be so excited like your kids are out of the house you don't you know you're you're off duty now are you kidding me (laughs) I'm not, you're never off duty. Yeah. I, my oldest just turned 30 and guess what? I'm still not off duty because she's raising three daughters. Yeah. And now I have grandma duty, but I'm also trying grandma. to help her help them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So it's not like it's, it's not a job that's ever done, yeah. um, which is a good thing.
0: Yeah. I'm grateful uh, for that because I'm I, the. 29-year-old who's raising four and a half kids who just needs her
2: mom sometimes. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: So um, I think it's important to remember that it's not a passive thing. And if you hit cruise control, then guess what? Your kids know it. And we all do it. We all have those moments where we're just like tapped out. At the end of a you know, year-long deployment, guess what? You're tapped out. Yeah. I mean, you are. You're just kind of fried. So you do kind of hit cruise control. Okay, but don't stay there. Mm-hmm. Don't stay there.
0: Yeah. So yeah. we can have the yeah, you can have those cruise control moments, but that's just well, because I I I love going down like metaphor lane for some reason. Because like yeah, you think about a road trip, like you don't stay cruise control for a while. At least the road trips I've been is like, okay, we're on cruise control for a little bit because we can be. And oh look, now it's not safe, so let's get out of here. right let's
1: get let's get back active let's re-engage um something that i was taught and it was actually um in the camp lejeune mops um program the mothers of preschoolers program yeah um we had a speaker come in and they said that in life you're instructing your kids but you should have five people who um you have more or less vetted who are also pouring into your kids yeah and then you like me as a person, I should be pouring into five other kids because we need that. They need that. They need to have that, those lessons and those values and, and those goals reinforced by solid people outside of ourselves sometimes. yeah. And um, I think for us in the military life, that can be tough. Because we do transition so much, and if you if you don't have an extended family that mm-hmm. you know can do that or you're not close with them, like I was an only child. Okay. So um, i don't I don't have a, a, this huge family that could necessarily pour into my kids. but we have made some phenomenal friends along the way who have become family almost, mm-hmm. and have poured into my kids in really valuable, important ways. Um, yeah. It's important to keep that in mind, to kind of look for that and to facilitate those relationships,
2: uh-huh. but to
1: also be that to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Because we need, we need that support.
0: Yeah. It takes a village. It really does. Right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it does.
0: It really does. <sighs> I have really liked this conversation. <laughs> I love talking about family. I do. <laughs> this is awesome. I do. Yeah. This has been awesome. Last question. And I know you've answered it before, but we'll see if it's the same or not. Oh boy. Your key to thriving that you want to share with your fellow weight and lawyers.
1: You know, so I knew that this was going to be the question. And um, so this, this is the English teacher in me. Uh-huh. Um, I looked it up in the dictionary. I wanted to know Ooh. how thri- thrive was defined. So this is what Miriam Webster says. Thrive, as defined by Merriam-Webster, means to grow vigorously, to progress towards a goal despite or because of circumstances.
2: Mm -hmm. Now tell me- I use the word. There's a reason. That's (laughs) awesome. I it up. How
1: perfect is that when you describe military life and thriving within military life, in particular, how military families can progress towards goals of unity, towards goals of success, towards goals of strength um within our very unique environment yeah right it, it that that was perfect we have the most unpredictable circumstances and yet if we're willing to learn and we're open to developing new skills or learning new skills along the way and i mean depending on where you're located like your base may have a ton of resources available to your family to learn about personalities to learn about communication you know, to learn how to engage, to go on marriage retreats or family retreats. Yeah. It, it, we just have to be willing to step into those and, and make it a priority and utilize those things. But if we continue to learn, my goodness, how can we, we almost, you can't help but thrive. Yeah. Not every day. Mm-hmm. You're not going to feel like you're thriving every day. Right. Yeah. But you, it's a long game, yeah. right? It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So. Okay, so I may
0: be walking for a leg of the marathon, but as long as I complete it, I win, right? Well, and that's why I love the definition because it's not, the definition itself of thriving does not dismiss the struggle. Right, it
1: says in spite of or because
0: of. Yeah, the struggle. I love that. I, I particularly love the because of because that reminds me that I'm supposed to feel the quote unquote negative feelings I'm supposed to feel them and Mm -hmm. it sucks like it sorry I'm like on week one of husband being gone and it's you know like we were just this was gonna happen but like it's um you know like I'm supposed to cry I'm supposed to miss him I'm supposed to be really tired because being a single mom or solo mom I don't like Austin doesn't like it when I say single mom but being a solo mom takes so much energy and there's so much beauty in that and I learned so much but it also makes me so tired and it makes Mm -hmm. me hurt so in in so many ways and you know like like there is pain and there is Tears, but but through those things, I've grown so much. Like mm-hmm. me now, or or me nine years ago, looking at me now, like they're totally different people. At the yep. core, the same, but the things I have learned because of the pains and the struggles. To be honest, mostly brought on by military life. Um, but because of those, I'm such a better person, and I know so much more, and I have have learned and grown so much more. But also, my heart is so much bigger because of right. those.
1: Things. So my kids, my adult kids, um, when we've had these conversations, where you know, we've asked if you had to do it over again, would you? You know, do you wish that we had done things differently? And to the letter, they say no, yeah. because even though there were those moments that were hard and they had to leave friends behind or leave a school when they had finally made captain of the team, and yes, all those things happened, <laughs> um, or move their senior year, all those things happened, um, they wouldn't change it because they feel like it made them stronger, um, it made them they have a phenomenal bounce back factor,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but they, that was learned. Like we think bounce back should be instinctive, right? Everybody should just have it. Get real. All muscles have to be exercised. So your bounce back factor muscle has to be exercised. And sometimes it's never been used before. So when you do use it, it really hurts and it's sore. I mean, that's just the honest truth. Um, it Yeah, uh, they wouldn't, they wouldn't trade it. And at the end of the day, I can say this now because you know we did retire.
2: Yeah, I
1: wouldn't. Tra- I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't.
0: Yeah, so. I love it. That's like the perfect way to end the episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good, a perfect ending. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I honestly oh, loved, absolutely I loved this conversation so much, and I know this will become. a a favorite episode be down and waiting i
1: hope so because i'm telling you parenting is hard yeah but it's hard for everybody
0: yeah (laughs) so it doesn't mean that we're failing yeah yeah we get a like you said it just means we get to be open to learning and growing and then yeah that's when we can thrive yeah Yeah. so thank you i've had so much fun um, if somebody wants to connect with you or contact you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Uh, they can do it a couple of different ways. They can email me at contact at jolinlee.com mm-hmm. or um, they can Google search me. I have a website and they can contact me through through that either way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Real
0: fast. Sorry. I'm, sorry. I scared you. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, you, because I, I just realized I know you wrote a book and there's this whole section in the book about like military families will you tell tell everybody about the book and title where oh. so they can find that okay
1: book. so i didn't write it alone and um, it was a group of military spouses that came together so it's kind of just a compilation of all our stories um but there oh look there's the camera brave woman's strong faith inspiring stories by military women and wives yeah and it just talks about it's just a whole bunch of stories um covering a lot of dynamics within the
2: military experience yeah Um,
1: yeah it's kind of like chicken soup for the soul but like military wives talking about our stuff
0: for you yeah i love it that's a great resource again thank you so much waiting warriors remember just because it is hard doesn't mean it has to be miserable have a week let's try that one more time have a week Right, We all have a week. (laughs) We want you to have a good one. (laughs) Have a good week, guys. We're
2: just going to leave it. Thank Thank you. you. Bye.
0: If you are loving this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review. Reviews help other waiting warriors out there find this amazing community and resource. It will go a long way and only takes like five seconds.
2: Thanks so much.